Sports columnist Jim Suhan today brought to you by Wimmer Opticians. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Jay. All right, Jim. Well, uh, let's start off with the Wild, who won yesterday in overtime, coming from behind 3-2. They pick up that win, and Kirill Kaprizov scored all three goals for the Wild. Um, Boy, what another great performance from him. Uh, They beat Columbus. Uh, Your thoughts on uh, Kaprizov and the Wild win? Yeah, he's he's just a wonderful player. Uh, He's just got that it factor. There are a lot of people who are bigger, stronger, faster, um, but he knows that. He knows how to shoot, knows where to shoot. You know, anybody who's played a game like hockey or lacrosse knows that, you know, you can have a hundred mile an hour shot, but if you don't know where to put it, if you don't know where it's difficult for the goalie to make a save, it's not going to do any good. It's like a fast, a, a major league pitcher can throw a hundred, but can't hit the corners. Uh, he can hit the corners. He can score any way you want. Forehand. He's he's the best player, and it's not really. Boy, Jim, we have a really bad connection with you. you. Have a remarkable. Oh, oh, how about now? You have me now. Um, I got you right now. So we'll cross our fingers. We keep it. Yep, I got you. Okay, Uh, I was going to say we also in this market. You know, Justin Jefferson, maybe a historically great receiver. Best player in franchise history, one of the best young players in the league, one of the best players in the league. Uh, Anthony Edwards, bad night last night, but coming into his own as a true star. Uh, and Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa. You know, we do have. Uh, Hello? Yeah, Jim, I think our connection is just really not good. I'm going to give you a call on the phone. I think we're just going to have to do it that way. I think that might be a little bit better option for us. Uh, This connection just seems to be off, which hasn't happened for a while. We've been pretty fortunate, I think, for quite a while. So uh, I'm going to give him a call, and uh, we'll see if we can hook up with Jim that way. Okay, so we're going to do that. It's always a plan B. But I think you'd rather hear him than hear just parts of what Jin has to say. So we're going to connect that way instead. Hello. All right, Jim. Let's give this a shot. Kind of the old way Hello? of doing things. Yeah, Jim. Do you hear me? Oh, now I can I can hear you. Uh, you're garbled, but I'll I'll try to make out what you're saying and, and go with it. Okay. Okay. Well, you sound clear, so that's that's good here. Uh, so let's. Uh, right. you, you mentioned uh, the Timberwolves. They lose. Uh, their game last night, uh, they fall to Golden State. No Rudy Gobert. Anthony Edwards was held to 12 points. Your thoughts on that Wolves game? Yeah, boy, missed free throws. Uh, they stopped scoring down the stretch. They had one of their typical spans of terrible uh, turnovers at the end of the first half to kind of let the Warriors back in it. And it, the Warriors, without you know three of their best players, you should probably win that game, even without Gobert, uh, especially when you have a lead late. This this team just, it still feels like a collection of loose parts. And, you know, I wasn't a big D'Angelo Russell guy, but he was scoring at a high rate, and they trade him for a point guard who's now having to figure out how to play with this team. His specialty was going to be playing with Gobert. Gobert doesn't play last night. Edwards has a bad night. They need Edwards to be really good right now, and they're still waiting for Carly at house. So, you know, we can analyze this team on our day, uh, day by day and, uh, and week-by-week basis, but 
I really feel like until we see them out there with Gobert healthy and with Towns healthy, we're just guessing at what this team can be. And you'd like to see them win enough games to stay in a nice playoff spot without those guys, but maybe that's not realistic. Things are starting to get a little uh, sketchy here with this team because you look at the standings, they're down to ninth place. Um, there's, you know, they're only a half game being out of this. I mean, they, they'd not even be in the play-in. Um, Portland is not too far off. The Lakers aren't too far off. The Wolves' schedule is pretty tough the rest of the way. Could they miss out completely? Sure. I mean, that's, that's been the strangest aspect of this season. We're used to the Western Conference having dominant teams at the top and a bunch of people just scrambling behind them. This is not that. This is, and maybe Phoenix will end up being a dominant team, uh, but they aren't yet. There's no dominant team. I mean, I don't think I think Sacramento's great, and Sacramento's been a top three seed pretty much all season. Uh, and then you have teams like the Lakers, you know, uh, who could come on really strong here at the end and could blow by a bunch of teams. So the Wolves are still in a situation where they win two in a row, they're going to look like they're in great shape. They lose two in a row, look like, you know, dire straits, and that's where they are. So <laughs> they need to win games, and they need to get Towns back, and they need to be healthy and playing well at the end of the regular season. I don't know if any of those things are going to happen, but that's, that's the goal. When they go to play the Clippers tomorrow night, do we have any idea whether Gobert will play and, and any more word on what is going to happen whenever Towns is going to come back? They aren't saying anything about Towns. Gobert was out with an illness, so obviously it's not something that's too – too concerning, probably just a game two, but again, uh, it's not it's not the nature of the illness. And again, this I think the fate of this season and the fate of the Gobert experiment still hinge on Towns coming back, playing well. I, I felt like the most encouraging thing about last summer was the fact that uh, Gobert Towns looked like they were really energized about playing together. Uh, Gobert did not have to approve a trade here. Towns, you know, the opposite of pouting. He welcomed Gobert. He won. He actually forced the ball to him. I mean, I just feel like they're just treading water until we see those guys get out there, and then we get to see how they play together. Jim, the uh, Gopher women's basketball team closed the regular season with a win over Purdue, and they go into the Big Ten tournament as the 12 seed. They'll play Penn State on Wednesday. Uh, they seem to be playing a little bit better. Do you give them a chance to win at least a game in this tournament? Well, the problem is that they're playing a high seed. Penn State's good. Um, they are playing better, though. They're playing at home. Uh, they've played tough, better in, in clutch situations. Uh, they've tightened up the turnovers, and they've beaten good teams. They've beaten two teams in a row that are pretty good. So I do think there's some hope here. Uh, they're playing at home. They should have, you know, I don't know what the fan base is going to be like after a difficult season, but I would hope that fans of women's basketball, fans of Whalen, uh, would show up. He's, listen, the Big Ten's great. I mean, Indiana's fantastic. Maryland's good. I mean, Penn State's good. It's a, it's a really good conference. It's going to be really good basketball. And, of course, the best story we have locally is that the Gophers compete, win a game or two, and make it interesting. Yeah, Penn State is a 13. They're a 12 seed. And if they win, they would get Michigan, who's a 5. So that certainly would be tough. Uh, Jim, the uh, Gopher men's basketball team, some bad news for them at the end of last week. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. Uh, Dennis Evans, who was their top recruit, 7-1 kid out of California, asked to um, go back on his commitment to play for the Gophers starting next year. Uh, your thoughts on that development? Uh, that's the worst thing that could happen right now. Um, 
you know, as as you know, every time he brought up, okay, should Ben Johnson keep his job? What's, where's this program going? I've been saying, well, we don't know until we see Evans and Christine see what this looks like. Uh, Evans would have fixed a lot of problems. He would have fixed interior defense. He would have allowed Dawson Garcia to play uh, away from the basket. He would have given that, you know, he would have increased their physical play, their depth, their rebounding. That, that's a, a terrible sign. Uh, and I can't, I really can't think of anything worse happening in that program right now. Uh, and that could end up, you know, that could end up having the administration look at Ben a little differently. You know, it's, it's one thing to be bad with a purpose. You know that you're you're about to bring in good recruits and improve a lot. It's nothing to be bad when there's not a lot of hope. And Christie's a nice recruit, uh, but I don't know that he really transforms the program the way Evans might have. Is Johnson in danger of losing his job at the end of this year? I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, again, I go you know I go back to my default position on that. If you're going to hire someone without coaching experience to coach a bad program in the Big Ten, it would be foolish to think he can turn it around immediately. Um, also, I don't know that they can hire somebody better than Ben Johnson. Uh, maybe they can. You know, maybe Coyle's uh, connection through Syracuse would enable him to hire somebody, but the last two hires tried to hire, you know, one and they said, okay, we're not going to be a hired and established coach here. So you don't want to fire Ben Johnson to hire somebody else like Ben Johnson and start the whole process over, you know. I still think it's a little too early to, to try to fire Ben. I, I'd still like to see what it looks like next year, but this is a bad development. Jim, the uh, Twins have played a few um, spring training games to this point. Um, we saw Kent Maeda out there. Uh, your thoughts on what you saw from him? You know, he's, he's looked good so far. Um, his pitches have life. Uh, Twins also signed a couple of uh, you know, extra arms from a bullpen, both of them on kind of major league deals, so they have a chance to make the team. Also, a chance to opt out. Hoffman and Santana. Uh, Santana was interesting. He pitched really well for half a year last year. Then he burned out and was terrible the second half. So his numbers were terrible. He was a dominant reliever for half season last year. Uh, Hoffman, you know, been around a long time. Doesn't have great numbers, but he might be somebody if you tweak a pitch, he suddenly is it's functional. But I, I really think those signings indicate that this is a go for it year for the Twins. They're 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 signing people uh, who might not even be key figures for them. They're signing people just to, as like injury insurance. Uh, they seem very determined to make a run at it this year. Do you think management needs to make a run at it uh, to try to you know keep ownership interested in this group? Uh, boy, you garbled a little bit there. I, if you're talking about twins, are you still talking about twins? Yeah, still talking about the twins, and I'm just, just you know curious if Falvey and Levine, how much, uh, um, how much equity they've built up to, a, uh, to this point heading into this year. Well, they, I mean, you know, St. Peter and the Polads love them. Uh, and they, they believe that last year wasn't a bad team. They believe it was a severely injured team. I agree with them. And, you know, they're aggressively attacking everything that went wrong last year. They're, they're built. They have a backup fielder. They have multiple utility players. One good utility player. They have organizational depth. Uh, and this, you know, that's one of the reasons they wanted Correa so bad. They think they can win right now, and they think Correa, Correa was a key to that. All right, Jim, what do you got in your podcast? Uh, let's see. Fullsightsuptotalknorth.com, a good, good 10 music from Fort Myers with Roy and LaBelle last week, and everything's at talknorth.com.
Excellent, Jim. Thank you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Great. Thanks, Jeff. That's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune sports columnist, joining us uh, every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column in the Star Tribuners podcast at talknorth.com. Jim joining us today from down in Florida, where he'd been covering the Twins this past week. Next on WJON, and by the way, Jim is brought to you by Wimmer Opticians. Next on WJON, World of National News from ABC. You're listening to the morning.